Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast. My name is Jake Curran. I am your host for today's 57th episode. Now, I was at the shopping center the other day doing my weekly grocery shop with my lovely partner, Larissa. And um, see, when it comes to doing our grocery shopping, I make decisions very uh, specifically because obviously, given the circumstances that we're in at the moment, which is Black Ink is still in its first year of operation, I fly close to the sun, as I mention very uh, kind of often in this podcast. And by that, I mean every dollar that I make, I put directly back into my business. And while I obviously pay for my share of the rent and, you know, I keep all of my insurances up to date and I make sure, you know, I got health insurance and I got my registrations and I got my phone bill and stuff like that. Um, obviously, I pay for all of those myself, but uh, Larissa helps out in the department of groceries. So when it comes to like what I want on the weekly grocery shop, as, as far as I'm concerned, it comes down to like, we just get essentially what we need for the meals that we're going to make. And we make sure that we're effective in our decision making so that we make enough dinners, enough lunches and enough breakfasts to, you know, supplement the, the coming days between then and the next grocery shop, obviously. So what I do is I think, right, I know that I need, you know, for, for a week, about a dozen and a half, two dozen eggs, which I get for free somewhere else anyway. I get them from dad. Um, you know, I need maybe a loaf of bread for, for lunches. I need some sandwich meat, some cheese, some fucking yogurt, some fruit. I need a lot of fruit. And then for dinners, I mean, every second week we get, you know, whether it's, whether it's HelloFresh or I think we're getting that new one, Bella Spoon or blah, whatever it is, excuse me. But, um, so as far as the meals are concerned, like it's, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. We sit down once a week, we decide what we're going to have if we're not getting an outside service brought in. And we fucking, you know, you have some spaghetti, some soup, some some bloody whatever it might be. And then you go and get exactly the, the stuff you need for those meals. So as far as I'm concerned, like the extra things. And look, I put Larissa between a rock and a hard place because I'm like, why is there nothing to eat around the house? And then when we go shopping, I'm like, yeah, no, nah, you know, we'll go for go without for a week. Because, I mean, you can understand who am I to say like, oh, I want some fucking... I want some fruit roll-ups and I want some uh, K... I was going to say K-Zone. I'm pretty sure that's a kid's magazine. I want some K-Time bars, you know, and I want to fucking give us a bag of them red frogs and I'll get some of them chips as well. And she encourages me to get all these, but I'm always like, nah, 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 you're right, you're right. And anyway, like, I should probably mention as well that most of the time when I do the grocery shopping, I'm very much under the influence of not alcohol, but I am inebriated, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. And... The thing is, like, I'm across between two worlds is, like, I'm very hungry and I'm also very anxious, you know what I mean? So, and, like, I try not to make too much eye contact with people when I go out in public anyway, just because of the nature of 2021. I mean, it's it's such a fucking tumultuous existence that I just don't want to, you know, cause any fucking, any sort of catalyst that might lead to, you know, some tension or some conflict. So, I tend to just keep to myself when I go out in public. And then also, when I'm a little inebriated, I tend to, you know, very much so keep to myself. And I kind of, like... I'll, I'll give Larissa shit and we play play games, you know what I mean, sort of thing. But other than that, like, I don't like interacting or communicating with public, especially, like, dude, when you think about it, you shouldn't really be interacting with anyone after the sun goes down anyway, unless you're in, like, the fucking, the actual space where that happens. Like, if you're going out on a Friday night, you should be communicating with people. But realistically, if it's, like, Tuesday and it's 5.30, don't message me. Don't talk to me. And if I'm at the front of my place, don't even fucking look at me. Just keep keep driving. You know what I mean? Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, this is my time, you know? And like, I'm not looking at you because it's your time as well. Like, this is our time, but not together, you know? So, you know, we go to the shopping center. We're doing our shopping. And we're at that part, which is like, oh, you know, you need some, some sandwich meat for your sandwiches. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, you know, it's great because that's one of those decisions I get to make. And it's not, it's like free of guilt because I need sandwich meat. So... 
Then I like see the hot chickens and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, I'll get a hot chicken. That's a great option. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, you can get a week's worth of sandwich meat for like $3, $4 at the deli. And now you're going to spend $11 on a hot chook. And you just said that you feel guilty about spending money. Yeah, but I fucking like roast chicken as well. So, you know, how do you think I feel? I'm torn between two worlds of sensibility and a fucking taste sensation. So I get the hot chook. No, no, no. Riz picks up a hot chook, right? So she picks up the hot chook and then I'm like, you're gonna get the little bitch chook? Let's get the fucking biggest chook here. And like, this is the thing. I know within me at a you know, fundamental level, I understand that all of those chickens are basically the same size. What I am fighting for is the aesthetic of the outside of the chicken. You know what I mean? Like pretty much the one that has the most amount of breast on show because, you know, you would think that that means that the rest of the chook is as big, but it's not. It's just like how the chicken's positioned in the bag, how much coloring it's gained through the cooking process and how much of that coloring you can see through the plastic and even like where they are on the shelves. I mean, subconsciously, you're already going to go for a chicken that's on a higher shelf or further back because for some reason you think that's fresher and it's, you know what I mean? But without getting too into that, I've immediately, you know, just like an absolute misogynist piece of shit, have assumed that Larissa just picked, you know, the fucking only chook in front of her instead of like anyone for any reason. So, you know, bad dude. I'm a bad dude and I get that. So I don't get that chook, get this chook over here. And, you know, like, okay, Jake, we'll get that chook if you want it. She didn't say that. She thought it's all good. I don't mind. So I grabbed that chicken and I'm like, man, this fucking get a load of this chicken. Same price, there's more chicken on it. So, you know, who's the dickhead here? Put it in the trolley. And we fucking mosey on with the rest of the shop. And <laughs> it's, yeah. So we, and yeah, yeah, dude, it is what it is. I'm pretty sure that's a time we got a, we, we got a checkout chick or maybe we went through the self-serve, which I don't know, that kind of fucking really annoys me now. And did you know those self-serve checkouts? They're crazy, man. I once put a red capsicum or a green, no, I think I put a red capsicum on there and I marked it as a green capsicum and it caught me out. It fucking knew that it was a green capsicum. Or that it wasn't a green capsicum. Because obviously the green ones are a little bit cheaper. And it actually caught me out. And the lady came over. And like when it showed the error, it showed a fucking picture that it had taken and said, this doesn't scan as the right color. What the fuck is going on? You know? But I mean, isn't it interesting that, you know, I walked into Dale Up McDonald's the other day and they're same situation. There's one person that can take your order. And then there's fucking 20 self-serve checkouts scattered throughout the, the bloody restaurant. You're like... Okay, so we just don't order things over the counter anymore. And like the thing that worries me about that is, is like people actually don't have that much human interaction as it is. Like we've just seen the past like 18 months, people like trying to limit the amount of like face-to-face communication that they have in general. But even before that, like probably for the past 10, 15 years, we have really cut down the amount of communication that we have with people face-to-face. The art of conversation is something that is not like failing, it's falling away because we're simply not having conversations anymore. And I think one of the things that like, one of the most anxious points uh, or like repetitive things I would have as a child is these situations where, you know, you had to go into the service station and pay for the fuel for your mum or something, or you maybe you're at the checkout and the, and your mum says like, oh, say hello. And you're like, hello. And she's like, hey, how are you going? How's your day going? You'd be like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, my day's good, I guess. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, cool. What are you up to later on? You're like, I don't know, probably just playing some Crash Bandicoot or I don't know. That was the whole fucking. And like at the time, you're like, oh, my parents do this because they hate me. Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I just realized that it doesn't matter because you can't see. So why explain it, you know? And I used to do that because I thought like mum was trying to not pick on me, but you know, I, I didn't. 
I had no idea. That was probably the thing is that I had some negative connotation attached to it because I had no idea what the purpose was. But now I understand is that communication is actually an exercise. It's a skill that you have to work on. And it's one of those things that you can get really good at it and then have a year off and then you're back to square one. You can pick up some of the tricks that you had going, but there's something about the momentum of conversation and having it all the time and having that face-to-face and having your brain be put in a situation where it has to come up with answers to people's statements and questions at a rapid pace. You know, And it's something that you go like, you know, or maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but at the same time, you can understand that if we stop doing this, if we stop having these conversations every day, your brain's ability to fire off that backwards and forwards interaction in a verbal sense and still mix it with the facial community, you know, all the little expressions you're picking up on people's faces and people's body language and knowing when to break away from a conversation or knowing how to establish a conversation if it's not naturally happening, all of those skills just fall by the wayside. I mean, we're so natural at like texting people back whenever we fucking want or not at all or responding to emails or, you know, I don't know how this might be specific to my case, but creating documents or things for people to look at where I can put as much time and energy as I want into it before you get it. Just so that first second of your assessment, I can I can control that based on what I give to you with, with all that time and, and effort that I had to build it, you know. But then like when you consider the conversation aspect of it, you go, well, if we're not having these conversations, it kind of makes that skill seem really far away because it's actually a very like nuanced particular skill that we have, you know. So I find that getting rid of these checkouts in in like Woolies and Coles and McDonald's and all the rest, I mean, sure, no one likes talking to other people. Like I get it. Like I feel like I'm a fairly confident, positive person, but I still had difficulty talking to humans. And especially when it's over the counter, when they're like, what do you want? And then you have to tell them what you want. You kind of, and like, this is the thing we go into these, especially McDonald's, we go into these places now already guilt ridden because we've all seen supersize me. We've all felt like pure shit after eating a double quarter pounder with cheese, a large meal and getting a chicken and cheese as well. You know, we, we know what that feeling feels like because we did it last night, but we have to go in there and then tell them what we want again. You know what I mean? And if your order is somewhat of a gluttonous order, you have to go like, oh yeah, can I get extra you know, mayonnaise on that? And they're like, yeah, 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 of course. Is there anything else? And you're like, yeah, I'll just get a, a fucking double cheeseburger as well on the side. But yeah, um, make sure the drinks are Diet Coke or that one, won't you? Because I'm fucking real uh, worried about putting on weight. But it's that's the fucking... That's like the secret source to what this all is. If you can master those conversations that you don't want to have that, I mean, honestly, they're a a repetitive thing that you should be able to handle and get good at. But I understand how in 2021, they're a difficult thing. I mean, I see it as like, those are the conversations are the ones that carry us through. If we can have those conversations that we don't want to have with strangers telling them the shitty food that we want to order and actually pay for as well, then it's just conversations that we have with our friends and people that we want to converse with are that much more beautiful because we've sharpened that sword and we can have that verbal idea sex of you throwing an idea up into the air and me throwing my idea up into the air and then talking about it until it makes some sort of sense and we can agree or we can disagree and we can be passionate with each other, you know? So... I think we got to check out chicken. We went through the shopping. So you thought I lost the fucking story, huh? You stay with me. Okay. I've got a surprise in store for you. So I don't know whether we had a checkout chick or we had an automatic teller at this point. It doesn't matter. Right? So we go out to the car. We do our thing. Now I get home. I get a little bit more inebriated and like, as you do, you're like, you know what? I might go pull some weeds or I might go paint my push bike or I might go start some screen printing or start, you know, a three hour long email. And then Riz is like, hey, dickhead, it's six o'clock at night. We've just got home from grocery shopping. How's about you 
you know, remember you've got like a family thing going on. So I was like, of course, you know, I was just testing you to see if you do that, which, you know, obviously wasn't. And I fucking help her put some stuff away. You know, that thing where you kind of walk around the kitchen and you like do things slowly and drag your feet on the ground. So she just gets to a point where she's like, I can do most of this if you want. You know, if you just want to go fucking play dice somewhere, you can go do that. So I didn't do that. You know, (laughs) it's funny how like people have that sort of, uh, what do you call it? They have that sort of like relationship with each other and people think it's normal. Like when I see couples that pull the piss out of each other in public and they're doing it in a serious way, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you bragging to people that your relationship is shit? You know, like, are you bragging to people that you have like a power play complex within your like two person team and you can't figure it out with all the spare time you've got behind closed doors. So now you're going to present it in a public forum in front of your friends. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You should have like fucking respect for the person at the very least. Like respect is like the foundation. And then on top of that, you build love and you build a life, you know? But hey, what the fuck do I know, dude? I'm a guy with a podcast with wet hair, okay? That's that's where we're at right now as far as me being the purveyor of good information, right? So, oh, where was I? But even, oh man, 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 let, let me fucking... So... I fucking, I say to Riz, let me bloody uh, strip this chook because I always like to strip the chicken, you know, the hot chook that I was talking about. Uh, I always like to strip the the meat off the chook before it gets cold because, it, you know, obviously it comes off easier and it's kind of like a nice process. It's, it's one of those jobs that if you let yourself, if you give yourself time to do it properly, it's a job you can do really well. And like when I say properly, I mean, you know, cut the top off the bag, get as close to the chicken as possible so that, you know, you're not like wrestling the bag while you're trying to put bones and shit back into the bag of the chicken. Anyway, the the bag of the chicken. So anyway, you cut the top off and then you get one plate that you're going to put all your, how do I do it? Oh no, you just get like a big bowl. That's right. So you get a big bowl that you're going to put all your chicken into. You kind of need a plate that you're going to work off and then you have the bag that you put all the scraps back into, right? So I pick the chicken up out of the bag. I fucking pull all the bits and pieces off. And, you know, you're giving the sneaky bit to the dog. You're having some for yourself. That's right, because we're having chicken and mayo rolls at night. And that was one of those things as well, where if we go back even further than than the shopping thing, I think that irresponsible, irresponsible of me not to add this into the story. So if we go back before the shopping thing, Riz, you know, going through the thing of like, oh, what are we going to have for dinners? I said, is it is it rude to have like hot chicken and mayo like rolls for dinner like could we just get like a hot chicken that's the reason that i've like doubled up and said oh we can get sandwich meat and the hot see it seems like i'm lying about the previous part i just didn't think i'm inebriated dude it's fucking nine o'clock in the morning what do you want from me you know what i mean it's a weekday i get it i get it you're upset that i don't have my shit together but this is what it is you know it is what it is so we're gonna have hot chicken Cheese and mayo rolls at night. We even got those square fucking hamburger buns, you know, the $2 ones where you get nine of them in a bag and they're just fucking full of sugar and absolutely blissful. So I go through, I pull all the chicken off, I'm giving some to her, I'm giving some to myself. And then I had the chicken carcass left on the plate and obviously I had the bag. And then the previous week, actually funny story, we got this Neapolitan ice cream, you know, the Neapolitan where it's got like chocolate, vanilla and strawberry. And I was like, oh, I haven't had it in years. And I saw it on some meme page. And then I was in the shopping center and then it was $5 off. And Riz is like, please get ice cream so you don't complain after we have dinner that you don't have any dessert because you always do that. So I was like, no, 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 it's okay. And then she goes, no, 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 just get some fucking ice cream, you know, or I'm going to lock you in the car next time we go shopping. And I was like, okay, cool. Flashbacks of my childhood coming back. Only one person who watches my podcast is going to get that joke. So I hope you enjoyed it, mum. 
<laughs> and then I fucking... So I grabbed some Neapolitan ice cream. And the cool thing about Neapolitan ice cream compared to all the other ice creams I get is it comes in one of those square, you know, ice cream containers that for some reason you always had 15 of them growing up. And for some reason, they you always had a use for them as well. But then coming into my adult life, I was like, oh, dude, like the fuck, you know, it just didn't even occur to me that we don't have ice cream containers. So when I finished the ice cream, which by the way, why the fuck get Neapolitan ice cream when you can get like connoisseur cookies and cream? Like no shit, dude. It's kind of like, oh... I might just, um, oh, do you want a nice sweet drink? And you're like, oh, no, I'll have some um, flat tap water if you wouldn't mind. And if you have a dirty cup, you could put it in. That'd be great. Thanks, partner. Don't forget to add it to my bill, you know? That sort of shit. It's just, it's bullshit, man. Even the vanilla was like super just vanilla, you know? Like, I don't know what I expect. I think this is just that, that shit that I talk about all the time, the fact that like society is so 120% now that things like porn has to be so extreme for you to enjoy it. And things have to be so crazy to grab your attention on social media. Now it's just like, it is what it is. So then you get some Neapolitan ice cream and you're like, what the fuck is this? This five liters of bullshit. This isn't going to suffice my ice cream needs. Anyway, so I'm left with a nice clean ice cream container, right? So I'm like, Hey, because I get those, remember the, you know, the fucking the eggs I was talking about that I get from dad? I'm full circling this bitch for you now. So what I do is in return, every time I go out to his place, I also fill up water bottles full of rainwater because now I've got Riz addicted to rainwater. Now she's had a comparison of town water and rainwater. Hey, you're welcome. Showing you the finer things in life. Huh? Right? So we go out there. I fill up the water bowls, I get some eggs, and I also take all of the scraps that we've had from, you know, from making dinners and all that so that I can give to the chickens and even like pulling weeds in the backyard, give them weeds and all the rest like that. They love it. So, so it's kind of like a give and take sort of thing. So anyway, I looked at, and like, I don't know if you know this and like, hey, might be saying something that I shouldn't be saying right now, but chickens love eating chicken carcasses. I, I've always known, like, I, I, I'm only saying this now because I know it sounds wild, Right, I know it sounds wild feeding cooked chicken to chickens to people who basically haven't been around chickens before, because that's usually how it goes. People complain about things they have no fucking idea about because they don't understand the full story. You know, just shut the fuck up if you don't know. And if you don't know, you're allowed to go do your own research. You know what I mean? You're allowed to go find out about whatever that thing is you don't know before you have an opinion about it. And then following that, you can still just have your opinion and shut the fuck up. You know, you don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to say, oh, you know, like, I didn't, at first I didn't know, but then I fucking, well, you see, I did some research and then I learned and now I do know. And it turns out I was fucking right to begin with. You wouldn't believe what Jake said he feeds chickens. So where was I? Feeding the chickens the chickens. So I go and get this fucking, this, uh, this ice cream container. I'm like, I'm going to. I'm going to, or I already had some scraps on the go and I'm going to put my fucking chicken carcass in there and all the rest. So I, I did exactly that. I got the, I got the fucking container and I put the chicken carcass in there. I poured all that oil that you get in the bag. Cause the biggest thing is if you got to let that oil set before you put it in the bin, cause if you put it straight in the bin, that oil is going to go to the bottom of your bin bag could potentially weaken the bag and create a hole later on when you go to grab it. See, smart problem solver thinker. So you got to let it set. So I thought, well, kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to have to clean this container once I've taken the chicken out of it anyway. So hopefully when I throw it, the oil, you know, that goopy kind of whatever it turns into, that set, it, uh, that set fat, you know, hopefully it just fucking kind of lards up and it'll come out with a container. If not, I can just wash it while I'm down the back. So I do exactly that. I pull the oil in there. I put all the bones in there. And man, like... I, I wasn't particularly aggressive because this chicken was so big. And I must admit, while I was pulling the chicken apart, this only just occurred to me now, I noticed that, uh, you ever notice when you're pulling off like the white meat, the breast meat, um, every now and then there's like a, 
there's like some sort of, it's like it fills the gaps sort of things. And it's like a, it looks very much like chicken, but it's not chicken. It's too watery to be chicken. And like where you have to kind of like pick a strand and pull it up with the breast meat, this stuff here, you kind of scoop it out with your finger and it's just like sludge. It's like white chickeny sludge. And I notice that it's only on the bigger birds. And at that point, I'm like, oh, is this chicken cooked? You know what I mean? Because that's what we do straight away is we assume the worst and go like, fuck, I've got the biggest chook. And then I start, you know, you know that meme where it's got that lady and she's looking concerned and she's got all the maths problems in front of her. That was me for a second. I'm like, wait, if we got the biggest chook there and these chickens are only meant to cook for, you know, so long at such a temperature, maybe this chicken got past some sort of standard and now it, you know, needed just a little bit longer or a little bit hotter environment because it's so dense to cook the whole way through. And it seems to be only the center of the chicken has that white goopy shit in it. So maybe Maybe that's the slightly uncooked chicken and maybe I'm about to fucking poison my entire family. And it's all because I had to get the bigger chicken. You know what I mean? So great. Here we are. I'm already feeling guilty about this fucking chicken, right? And as you know, it was one of those guilt-free choices that I thought was just going to be a happy-go-lucky sort of fucking day for me. But apparently it's not. And even if we're fine, even if we're fine, the shit thing is, is like now that I have this sort of information in my mind, I have to be concerned about it until I wake up tomorrow. Because that's kind of the cutoff. You know what I mean? If I wake up tomorrow, it means don't have food poisoning. No one's going to die. so all good. So this is on Thursday, by the way. And today's Tuesday as I record this. So when we fucking... <clears throat> so I've done that. You know, I've stripped all the chicken off. A lot of that white goop I've just put back into the bag or back into the carcass. I scooped out all the stuffing, kept that. And I haven't really been that fucking meticulous in cleaning the chicken off off the, 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 the frame. You know what I mean? I know I just said, if you set everything up right, you can do a good job. But I didn't do a good job, you know? So I fucking... Oh, I did get into the drumsticks though. I got into the drumsticks and the wings personally because I wanted to make sure that... See, that's bullshit as well. That meat isn't literally isn't any better than the fucking breast meat. It's just the, the ratio of like skin to small amounts of meat and hopefully that like the right cook time because realistically, I mean, they're just little tiny bits of meat with like sharp bones in them. And then the wing is just a bullshit piece of meat that is more of a fucking, it's the process of taking the, the, the thing apart and eating it than it is eating it because you're getting such a small amount of meat that it's like, well, we're obviously wasting our life eating this, you know? Like chicken wings are fine, but we're obviously wasting our time, you know? And like that's, hey, that's just my opinion. If you've got a fucking, if you've got some chicken wings that are going to change my mind, invite me around, get me a little inebriated, we'll, we'll fucking talk, right? So, where am I? So, by this point, we've got like the carcass plus probably about 10% of the chicken still left on it. So, I'm like, you know, leaving someone there for the girls. Because, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I love these chooks. You know, they used to be my next door neighbors. I fucking, I really do appreciate these chickens. So, I like to leave a little bit extra on there. And I know what they're eating is actually the flesh. It's not the bones. So, you go, cool. Oh, you know, I'm trying to leave some flesh on there for them. So, I do exactly that. I put it in the fucking container. I'm feeding Louie bits and pieces as we go. And if I remember, I even got some of the little bit darker meat. And I was seeing that off to one side. And I thought, you know, we'll give this to Louie. That's right. I was putting the watery shit into her bowl as well. So that she had, you know, like you just put a little bit of that on top of her, her uh, food every night. And she's like, oh, you know, chicken. Fuck yeah. So anyway, all gravy, brother. And then we, uh, we fucking had some... We had some hot chicken and mayo and cheese rolls. And they were great. Heaps of salt and pepper, which is always a fucking essential. And I remember, like, we had two each, you know. And two is actually fucking heaps when you think about it. Two is a lot of chicken, mayo and cheese to be having at, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. So anyway, it was the following day Friday. And 
there was something that happened. What had ha- I think for some reason, Riz and I had time together, which, you know, ju- honestly, during the week, I try and stay pretty honest to the trade. You know, like I wake up nice and early, as you know, and I get my posting and my engagement and all the rest done. Then I usually move to about an hour or two hours in the office. Then I try and get things done outside. Or if I've got screen printing to do, I'll get straight into that. Or if I've got content to capture, if, whatever it might be, I might have things to post. I might have orders to process, whatever it might be. So I, I try and stay pretty busy during the week and then kind of have the weekends off, leave like the weekends for kind of recreational time. But then on fucking, uh, oh, it was maybe that was, that was Wednesday that we went shopping, dude. Man, you got it. Yeah, it was fucking Wednesday that we went shopping. And then Thursday, that's right. Thursday, we had time together. So we've gone and done something on the Thursday. And this is the thing. Like, we went out and we started doing stuff. And I remember, like, when we were out, I was like, oh, we shouldn't spend too much time out because Louie's at home by herself. I think that might have been the reason. Louie doesn't really stay home by herself very often. Like, we have to be going to do something like going to a shopping center or whatever it might be. Long enough that it, you know, kind of justifies that, okay, it's too long to leave her in the car by herself. So we'll leave her at home sort of thing. So anyway, we uh, we we go and do whatever we did, and we're gone for like I want to say two hours. I think we left at about twelve, and we got home at fucking two thirty, two two thirty, right? So we get home, and Louie does this thing where she's fucking out the door. <laughs> so we we've got like two areas of the house, and we can kind of isolate her in the front area of the house, which is great because it means she kind of keeps an eye on the property. She barks as people walks by. She's a good little security dog, you know. But then it consequently, what it means is we we enter through the back door of the house, and she can see us, and she gets all excited, and that she runs around. And normally, when she's done something wrong, she doesn't get excited. She just looks at us and she looks around. She fucking knows, you know. She's smart. So we get there, and she's all excited, and she's playing around. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. So I go inside, and I'm like. I've like gone in, she's jumping all over me and, and, and like I'm trying to make it, she's jumping all over me and I try to make a real like like effort to go like, hey man, just chill out, stop, stop, you know, stop getting crazy and then we can play. You know what I mean? I just try and like, okay, come every day, everything down, stop, not even wagging the tail, just wait, stop her there for a few seconds and then get into it again just so you don't have that. Mainly because like, you know, if someone like Larissa's Nana comes over and um, she's jumping all over her nana, I can just be like, stop, and she'll stop, you know? So it's like little things like that. If I can control her in the peak of that excitement, then I can control her whenever, you know? So anyway, I fucking, I walk inside to the kitchen, and Riz has got one of those, uh, you know, those like big fluffy mats. It's actually, look, it's right here. Let me get it for the sake of the story. I'm going to get the mat. Hang on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm just getting the mat. Give me a second. So this is the map here, and for all of those listening on Spotify, just imagine a map. I'm holding up a map right now. It's like, uh, you know, I, as I sink my hand into it, the, 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 the mat itself is probably, you know, the, the little hairs are thicker than what my hand is deep. You know, it's quite a, you know, you could, you could lose a $2 coin in this mat. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a thick bitch. So, we fucking... I go to the mat, like, and that mat is in the kitchen. It's underneath, like, where we do the dishes and that, and it's kind of so when you standing there barefoot it doesn't feel so because it's you know exposed wooden floor floorboard super rich but the mat is there so that you can you know it's comfortable sort of thing i look at the mat and there looks to be like i don't know like there's something in there i'm like what the fuck is in the mat so i i go over to the mat and i have a closer inspection i'm like this looks like a fucking dead bird you know what i mean like a little like a, a you know one of those little finches or something's been chewed up by a cat and as i get closer to it i realize it's half the fucking carcass it's half the chicken carcass and I'm like, oh, 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 fuck. 
So I pick up the chicken carcass. I say to Louie, I'm like, what's this? And she knows when I say, what's this? She's like, oh, hey, dad, I fucked up. Look, this is me admitting guilt. And whatever you need me to do now, I'll do it. Okay. So she's looking at me like, fuck, fuck, you know. I look over and here's the fucking ice cream container on the ground and shit pulled out of it everywhere. Like I put some bread in there as well. She'd fucking completely left the bread. And then in the, in the container, I find the other half of the carcass. I'm like, all right, all right, okay, cool. Might have just fucking done some damage here, you know? Because this is one of those things where I don't exactly know what the fucking, what the formula is behind it all. But man, I hate when you wash your hair and for some reason it just fucking, your ass cracks like, hey bro, don't worry. I'll catch any that falls off for you. I, I got you covered. You know what I mean? Just the fucking help that you never asked for. Well, that's all good. So she, uh, she's like, you know, acting real fucking suspect and she fucks off. And like, I normally at that point you get angry at him and, you know, so you can signify that this isn't what we do. And to be fair, she never does anything twice. You know, she's like, when she fucks up, it's like her exploring while we're not home and she's found something she shouldn't have found. Now, just let me mention that I didn't put this ice cream container somewhere that she can, she can get it. Okay. It was up on the bench and to get to the bench, you had to jump up on the bin and then up onto the bench and the bench is like, you know, hip height for me and anyone who's seen my dog, she's about this tall. So it's a fucking mission and a half. So she has got up on the bench, grabbed this ice cream container down, got it to the ground and started eating the shit out of it. So the bread's kind of spread all over a little area up against the couch. And then we start to notice she's got like this really fluffy dog bed similar to the mat. And that's got bits of, you know, chicken remains in it as well. So I'm thinking, fuck, fuck, fuck. I can't get angry at her because as you know, or as you may not know, cooked chicken bones for dogs can potentially be lethal. So I was like, you know, Louie, what have you done sort of thing? Rah, rah, rah. And as it turns out, Louie's actually uh, due for a visit to the vet. So the first thing I do is I call up my my vet and, you know, I, I speak to the lady. I'm like, hey, like my dog's due for a visit, but um, she's also just eating cooked chicken bones. What do you think I should do? And she goes, uh, okay, well, the what you should do is make sure you just keep an eye, keep an eye on her, obviously. If she's wincing or curling up is an obvious thing. You want to watch for diarrhea or constipation or vomiting or anything like that. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. And she goes, you know, it's really important she keeps eating, really important she stays hydrated and really important that she uh, stays exercising. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I was like, rightio, we'll book me in for this appointment and I'll fucking, oh, sorry, I never have my hair out. So it's fucking, as you can tell, it's a bloody nightmare for me to do anything with because I don't know how it's meant to sit because I never have it out. It's one of the problems that I have in my life, but that's all good. Oh, who cares? So I fucking... So I get off the phone and I start stressing, you know, so, and like one of the things that we noticed when we got home, she had no water and I was like, the fuck? So I filled up her water. She got into that. We filled it up again. She got into that again. And that's when we, we pieced together this whole chicken thing. So when straight away, I'm like, okay, to Riz, I'm like, right, we got to keep her fed. We've got to keep her water. We've got to make sure she exercises. got to keep her, keep an eye out for this, this, and this. She goes, right here. I said, I'm going to go take her for a run and uh, see, see what the fucking, you know, cause you've got to keep her exercising, you know? Because I've taken it as like, oh, in the next like half an hour, you've got to make sure that she keeps exercising, keeps eating and keeps, you know, hydrated sort of thing. Like not next half an hour, but like, you know, for the rest of the day, at least at this point, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. And that was one of the things she said, when did she eat it? I said, look, she probably got into it 10 minutes after we left home. And that was at 12 o'clock, you know, and she goes, so it's over two hours ago. I said, yeah, it's over two hours ago. She goes, okay, well, it's no point trying to make her throw it up because her body would have processed enough of it now that she's going to fucking, it's going to go into her, her digestive tract and, and get broken down and digested. So I was like, radio. So I jump on my bike and she's pretty good at running next to the bike. And what we usually do is go do like a lap of the oval and then we'll um, 
What else do we do? We do a lap of the... Oh, no, usually we do a lap of the tour of the Oval, then we'll come home. So anyway, I fucking... We get halfway around the first lap of the Oval and she stops and just bloody, you know, kind of parks her ass and does a little bit of diarrhea. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, she said to keep an eye out for diarrhea. And of course, I was thinking it was just for that day. So I was like, oh, okay. It's only a little bit of diarrhea. She'll be fine. So we... We do a lap and then I get her back on the lead and then I take her like, you know, like just fucking a complete different direction that I normally ever go and like took her ages away and then she kind of got diarrhea again. And I was like, fuck, that kind of, that constitutes calling the vet back, I think. So she's had diarrhea twice. So I call up the vet and I say to the vet, look, I just called up before. Here's the, I got a different person, which is always great when you're having a situation like that. So I like explain the whole situation. I said, look, she's just had diarrhea twice. And while it's only a little bit, you know, you, the, the other lady said to keep an eye out for that. So I'm just kind of like, what do you think I should do next sort of thing? And she goes, look, if you are, if you think that, um, no, 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 not if you think that. She goes, look, that she was talking about the next 72 hours, right? So she wasn't talking about straight away. So this exercise that you're doing, she probably has diarrhea because you've run her so far or, you know, how much of the chicken did she eat sort of thing. And I said, look, she, she ate like the entire chicken carcass besides the chicken we pulled off it and like left the rib cage, essentially. That's what she left behind. She goes, oh, what about the, the fat and all the oil? I said, oh yeah, she fucking, all of that's gone. She goes, right. That probably gave her diarrhea because she's had so much fat in the past fucking two hours and now you're exercising her. So it's all kind of just catching up, you know? So I was like, oh, of course, obviously. She goes, look, over the next few days, this is what you need to keep an eye out for. The same things, rah, rah, rah. All going well. We'll see you tomorrow. I said, "Radio." So then it occurred to me, like this feeling that I had the night before of not being able to sleep properly because maybe I've just given you know chicken to Larissa that wasn't cooked properly, and of course, of all the chickens, it had to be the one that I picked out, and it had to be the biggest one, and that's why I picked it out, and that's probably the reason why it wasn't cooked right. And now I'm like, oh, now I don't get to sleep right for the next two, three days because you know, am I going to wake up to Louis dead in the bed, or am I going to wake up to her going through some sort of you know, you know, seizure or something that I'm meant to deal with straight away and I don't know how to properly deal with that situation. She ends up dying or, you know, like I just, you know, everything just kind of started rushing to me, you know, and I was at this point probably fucking two kilometers away from home for some reason, you know, on the bike with a dog that has legs this long. It's like, what are you thinking? So I start to just slowly make my way back and Louie's looking a bit lethargic, you know, and of course my mind's gone like, she's looking lethargic because she's going to die because she ate chicken bones that you gave her, you know, essentially you gave them to her. And like, this is the fucked part because you go, oh, well, that's not possibly your fault because like, how are you going to know she's going to get up on the bench? It was like literally a week before she got up on the bench and pulled something down. So I knew she could do it, but I still didn't put it in my mind as it being a serious risk. And obviously like put them in the ice cream container with the lid slapped on. So it's like, would she get them? Anyway, so I fucking... I get, I, I start walking her back and I think we get about halfway back and she's like literally just walking. I'm like, oh man, like this is fucking terrible. I feel disgusting. I just like started crying on my push bike in the middle of Kerry Park. It's all good. So then I picked up, picked her up and I decided I'm just going to hold her and ride no hands the whole way home because, you know, hell good rider. So I did exactly that and got her home and that and like Riz just coincidentally happened to be there and she's opened the gate for me and I've gone inside the gate and put Louie down and just started crying and saying like, I think I've killed the, killed Louie and like, rah, rah, rah. And she, you know, she calmed me right down, which was good. And basically, I mean, I think she had to go because that was, that was Thursday night, all that happened. And then Friday was the day that we had the vet appointment. So 
The next day, I think she might have had to work or something, whatever. It, you know, now yeah, Riz had to go back to work, so I was going to take the dog to the vet. Obviously, I had to keep a close eye on the dog because I'm keeping an eye on you know her her bowel movements and how she's feeling and how she's appearing and all the rest. And obviously, you know, I spend all day with my dog anyway; it's just natural. So we end up just chilling out for the morning, and as it turns out, she bloody, I think she might have you know gone to the, you know, she's done a little like solid poo. So it's like, everything was all right. I took her to the vet. Everything was fine. And the, and the vet just kind of said like, oh no, she'll be right. You know, all, all good sort of thing. And then she's like, wait, were they cooked or uncooked? I was like, oh no, they were cooked. She goes, oh, oh yeah. Well, it's too late to make her throw up. And yeah, I guess just, um, just keep an eye on her, I guess. That's all you can do. And if she, maybe go get some of this shit from the chemist that'll, it's a bit of a laxative, it'll help her pass it through sort of thing and rah, rah, and I was like, oh yeah, cool, so I've written it down. And then, yeah, so kind of fucking left there. And this is the thing, like the first call to the vets that I made when I found out it happened, she's like, hey, it's all good, don't worry, this is just what you need to do, okay, this is what's gonna happen, rah, rah, rah. And then the second call was kind of like, left me feeling like, hey, you know, it's a roll of the dice. The next three days, I mean, she kind of said without saying, like, if your dog dies, your dog dies. That's what. That's why there's a big thing around cooked chicken bones. And like, you know, just just the general fucking mood and tone of everything. And I mean, that's why before I was eager to take her for a ride. And then after the second call, I was like 10 minutes later crying, you know. So after having that um, consult with the vet, I was kind of like, oh shit, you know, it's kind of a... It is kind of back to a roll the dice situation. Anyway, I fucking take a... I went from there and I think I went out to dad's place or something and I told dad about it. Dad looked at Louie and he's like, oh, all right. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of a... You know, he kind of palmed it off. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like... Like I'm worried about it sort of thing. He's like, why? And I was was like, because it's fucking cooked chicken bones and everyone makes good things. He's like, man, I've had all my dogs cook chicken bones the fucking their whole life. It's just one of those things where like someone fucking gave their dog cooked chicken bones and they died once a million years ago and now everyone's dead scared of it and understand that when he says that he's not saying that that's literally the story you know and this is the problem with the internet you need to break down these you know phrases and terms that people say what he's saying is like you know yes it can kill dogs but the likelihood of it killing your dog is still pretty fucking low you know like it, it is what it is sort of thing and funnily enough i mean you speak to all these experts in the field and you know, you believe that they would know because they've seen this before. And the reason they're concerned is probably because they've seen dogs die of exactly this. And so, you know, you kind of attach a certain amount of seriousness and like, you know, authority, I guess, to those opinions. And then as soon as dad said that, I just kind of like it washed away from me, you know, like I wasn't too worried. And one of the things that I was really worried about is obviously uh, the Saturday, Uh, the Saturday I had to be up in Perth literally all day, leave at five o'clock in the morning, come home at midnight at night. And, um, and yeah, midnight at night, duh. So I was kind of like, I don't want to go away on Saturday because Saturday's the sec- uh, the second, no, it happened Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Saturday's the third day. And I got told by the vet that if she makes it to Monday morning, then everything's all good. You don't have to worry about it anymore. It means it's passed through a system and everything's fine. It's kind of like 72 hours. I'm like, cool, it's four days, but whatever. So she says, uh, so we get to fucking Friday night and I'm stressing about whether I go to Perth. And because of the whole fucking lack of funds that I was talking about at the beginning of this podcast, I have to justify these Perth trips because obviously I'm spending about $80 on fuel. So I go, right, I'm going to Perth. I'm going to go for the whole day. Who can I see? What can I fit in? What can I do for black ink? What can I do for my personal life? 
You know what I mean? Like, can I fit my, can I fit a bike ride in? Can I fit a whatever in? And Saturday night, so Saturday was the 30th of October, 2021, which was the Halloween skate for Perth Outdoor Rollerblading. Now, if you don't know, I've just recently completed this collab piece with Perth Outdoor Rollerblading. It's called the Go Skate T. I'll show you the back of it. So, is that in frame? Yeah, it's in frame. If you want to get a better idea, if you'd like to know what it looks like a little bit better, jump on my website, which is www.blackink.com.au with an X instead of an A in the word black. Or you can jump on my Instagram or Facebook page where there is plenty of pictures on there you can see. So Saturday night was the debut of this shirt where we were releasing it to the public of Perth Outdoor Rollerblading and the public marketplace online, I guess. And uh, I was going to wear the top. I was going to speak a little about the top in front of all the people that showed up. And obviously, um, because of the nature of the whole thing, and I sponsored the event, I gave away two of these tops as part of the best dress prizes for the night. So everyone was all dressed up pretty much except for me and about one other person because I was wearing this top and the other person didn't know it was a dress up thing because believe it or not, Perth Outdoor Rollerblade is so kind of vast and uh, what, what would you call it? Like so many people are a part of that group. There's like 3000 members in that group. And like people who literally just like, you know, I saw comments on there of people like, oh, I only found this group yesterday. I'm coming to the Halloween skate today. You know, so it's like that sort of fucking cool, I guess. Mm. So I thought, right, I got to be at this skate, which starts at five o'clock with the shirt on. So what else can we fit in? So I fit in, I catch up with an old friend who was, uh, he was, I think he was like the Australia coach there when for speed skating in Oceanas, John Capone, if you're watching or Josh. Hello, it was great to see you on Saturday afternoon. I caught up with another friend who I haven't seen since about the beginning of the year. I mean, you know how, as a, as a fucking adult, it's crazy. These friends that you have and you catch up for a drink and you go, let's catch up soon. And then next thing you know, it's been fucking three years. You're like, dude, what the fuck happened? Right? So I caught up with another mate at 10. And then literally Friday night, as I was like recording the promo shit down on the jetty, doing some skating, wearing this top. If you saw the reel, that's when that happened on the Friday night I was recording. I got a call from a mate and he goes, dude. I want to fucking ride around the Swan River tomorrow morning on my fixie. Are you keen? I was like, yeah, fucking oath I'm keen. So unfortunately, it pushed my day from like leaving at seven at seven or eight o'clock in the morning to like leaving at five o'clock in the morning so I can get there at a decent time for a good morning ride. But fucking worth it. I'm not complaining. So my day on Saturday was fucking crazy. I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning. I finished off the product page on my website so people could actually buy this. I put together all of those clips into a reel. So I had something to post on Instagram. I then engaged with as much as I possibly could on all my fucking social media accounts and then packed up all my shit, drove to Perth, did the ride, uh, caught up with that mate. And like the ride was in South Perth. The catching up with the mate for coffee was in Coogee and then going to fucking my mate's place, uh, the coach, John, he's in Burns Beach. So it was fucking all up and down. And then obviously the skate starts at Optus Stadium at five o'clock. So I think I did like 100Ks just in Perth alone, just fucking going backwards and forwards. Not that I'm complaining. It's just a bloody big day. And all the time, all I can think is Louie is at home. And if something happens, I'm two hours away and there's nothing I can do about it. And even the day before, I was so fucking stressed. You know, do I call this shit off? What do I fucking, how do I deal with this situation? Because I mean, if she died while I was in Perth, what are you in Perth for? To debut a shirt? You know what I mean? And as it turns out, not picking on Perth out to rollerblading at all, but it's not like I sold any tops that day because of that event. You know, in all honesty, it cost me it cost me so much money to have those shirts at that event. And as it turns out, like those shirts are here right now because the winners get picked over a Facebook poll and then, you know, then they pick their sizes and I send the shirts out to them. So all the money that I spent having those shirts made were kind of like, fuck, I didn't need them. And 
I'm kind. I'm only saying that because I'm at a point right now. Where it's like I'm I'm flying clo- so close to zero that it's like I really could use that 120 bucks. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, not important. As I said, I'm not picking on anyone. It's just like as it turns out, if my dog did die on that day, then it, it was it it was for fucking. Oh, it wasn't for much. You know what I mean? So I was like, what do I do? And on the Friday night when I was telling dad about it, he's like, your dog's going to be fine. Go to Perth, do your job, catch up with your mates, have a good time, come back and spend time with your dog. Also, I need a lift home from Capel at about midnight tomorrow night. So once you get home from Perth, if you could pick me up, that'd be fucking sick. And if you're a listener of this podcast, you know that my dad allowed me to go and buy that perfect Grom that had 90 kilometers on it for fucking 14 or $1,200 less than what the fucking new price is for a Grom. On the on the understanding that I'll go and sell my dirt bike, and I still haven't sold my dirt bike. He's a, he's a fucking good man. He doesn't he doesn't let me go without when it comes to things like toys. I must admit, like maybe I struggle a little bit in business where I could use three and a half thousand dollars in different areas, but when it comes down to like toys and having fun, he does not let me go without. So you know, when things like this come up and he wants to go party, he wants to go drink with his mates, it's fucking oath I'll go and pick you up. And I mean, dude, I'm a truck driver at heart. Here's a truck driver at heart. We both know that I can drive to and from Perth six times a fucking day and still have enough energy and fatigue management to pick you up at midnight. So yes, I'll do that. You know, appreciative son. That's what's up. So I fucking, I go to, uh, I, I, I do the Perth thing. I come home. Louis fine you know, as you expect. And like Larissa was sending me updates all day. So it was all good, you know. And, you know, I have a little bit of time. And as it turns out, I actually ended up leaving Perth earlier than anticipated. I got home at like quarter past nine at night. And as it turns out, dad wanted to be picked up at 11. So to get out to Cape will take about half an hour. So it was all good. So I only had like, you know, an hour and a bit to kill. And then I had to go do that other job and I can come home and go to bed. So Basically, did all that, got home, got to bed, and again, went to sleep with Louie, cuddling her extra tight, just in case, you know, something terrible was going to happen. But the good news was, if we woke up on Sunday and we made it to three o'clock in the afternoon, that means that we made it without Louie having any fucking, you know, cause for concern. She's fine. It's all good, you know? Actually, Friday afternoon, after, after fucking taking her to the vet and before taking her to dad's, I took her to the park as well for a little bit of run around. Man, man. Fucking, it was literally like a few days before this, I took her for a park, uh, took her for a run. And like, if you don't have a dog or if you do have a dog, you may or may not know, like when you run your dog, typically they'll just all of a sudden stop and start taking a shit or at least Louie does, you know, classic move. I wish I could do shit like that, but obviously pants get in the way. So she's running and I thought, what happens if we're just running across the road and Louie's like, I want to shit in the middle of the road. Well, that's literally what she did. And when I say middle of the road, she shat on the double white line. She shot on the double white line. She was almost full sprint, stopped and was like, hang on, the double white line, you know? So, of course, I was stoked on Friday afternoon because she pushed out a massive solid shit, which is exactly what we're looking for. You don't want it to be too hard. You don't want it to be soft at all, you know, because obviously too hard can lead to constipation. Too soft leads to diarrhea. So it's like, cool, cool. This is good. This is great. We'll go for a bit more of a run. We'll fucking go home, tick this off our list, go see dad, you know? And anyway... So you know where we're at. So we wake up Sunday morning. Everything's all good. I, I woke up at fucking like 7.30 in the morning. And I mean, dude, I never take mornings off. I never take mornings off. That's, that's bitch talk. I'm not a soft cock. You know what I mean? But I took Sunday morning off. You know, maybe your boy got too inebriated the night before. Not on alcohol. Maybe he had to sleep in sort of thing. But what, you know, what, what, what do I know? So anyway, I fucking, I wake up. 
we go and have some coffee. We go and take. We actually took Louis home after getting some coffee, and then we uh, we left her at home. We got went and got some lunch for ourselves, which was super fun. We came home. It hit. Uh, you know, we came home. I fell asleep on the couch again. I woke up. It was like five o'clock at night. Louis still alive. Everything's all good, you know. But fuck, man. Had I known at the shopping center it was gonna it was gonna end up like that. Like when I first saw that chicken, I think there was a part of me that knew that something was gonna come from it. You know what I mean? It's like. Sometimes you like, I even wrote about this when I was doing some journal entry last night, which I haven't done in years, but I just like the feeling of my fingers hitting the keys on the keyboard. So I did it anyway. And I was talking about uh, like, sometimes I feel like I can sense what the future has in store for it. Like I can sense, this is the way I worded it. I said, I can sense the next chapter of my life. And while I don't know what the paragraphs say and what the words are, I know what the theme is. I know who the characters are and I know the emotions attached to it. And even though I know all of that, I still willingly go into the situation, whether it's a positive or negative theme, because I still don't know the contents of the chapter and I have to live it to know what it is. And if I had to try and avoid it for whatever reason, if I try and steer away from it, then that thing can typically lead to greater upset in the thing because then you start living this other life or starting to figure out this other process that has nothing to do with your true self. You're not embodying a greater, you know, your greater self sort of thing. But, you know, obviously massive stoner talk just there, so whatever. But more to the point, it's like when I picked up that chicken, I knew I was picking up trouble. And I knew that it was my ego making me pick that chicken up because Larissa had picked up just any chook and I had to have the last say on it. Like... What the fuck is that? Then it fucking makes me go through the food poisoning thing. And then it like goes through the, my dog eating cooked ch- chicken bones thing. And like I go through this massive, you know, turmoil emotionally throughout the weekend where I had to go and do things for my business. And I'm questioning whether I should go or not. And I'm holding my dog super tight before I go to sleep. And I'm crying in the middle of the fucking street, holding my dog on a leash and carrying her home. And you just got to wonder like, what the fuck is going on? You know, what was all of that for? And is this something that at the moment kind of makes as much sense as it does? And then maybe one day in five years time, when I look back, you know, I'll, I'll learn a greater lesson from it. Or is this something that's going to repeat itself in the future in a particular way where there's going to be more on the line and I'm going to need to make a decision in an instant. And now I can make that decision because I have this experience to draw back on. We just don't fucking know. Dude, I've done 45 minutes. I'm fucking out. Yeah!